It's the Geeky Waffle Podcast. This week we're talking bottle episodes. I'm Candace, and with me are my co-hosts, Bree. Hello. And Vanessa. Hey. And we decided to talk about bottle episodes because we are literally all living in a bottle episode right now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. So I honestly thought bottle episodes had to do with Idromagini because there was oh. an episode <laughs> where she was just in her bottle. <laughs> So not insane. completely inaccurate. Would that technically be a bottle episode then? Because it just took place in her bottle? It would. So the term is used mostly for a single location episode. And it's about if it can cost less. Because sometimes like, you know, you need to have a cheaper episode. And there are some people who think these episodes are boring or bad. But I think sometimes they're the best of the whole series. Are we for sure that th- they do this just to save money every single time that they do this? I think it's a majority of the times, but not necessarily. I think and, it, it depends. You know? And I, I don't know if – I know we, we discussed it a little bit, but I don't know if anybody actually like confirmed or looked up. So a lot of these also um, do happen on, say, sitcoms where there are only, you know, the, the couple of sets anyway. So yeah. is that – in that case, I would think that it's that it's just kind of like a normal episode. The term was coined by Leslie Stevens, the creator and executive producer of the 1960s TV show, The Outer Limit, for an episode made very little time at very little cost, as if pulling an episode right out of the bottle like a genie. Which I guess is where I got the I dream a genie thing from. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> and then... The other one I found was like, all that matters is that it costs less because money is having to pass through a bottleneck. There's like a lot of different origins or definitions of it. But for today, I think let's talk about the ones where they stay in one location. Sure. And one of the most famous ones, and the first thing that comes to mind is the Seinfeld's The Chinese Restaurant. Do you guys remember that episode? Vaguely. I do vaguely, but at the same time, I... You know, I don't remember a ton of Seinfeld super well, even though I think I've seen all of them. So the fact that I do remember this one means that it is memorable. (laughs) So the whole episode takes place with George, Elaine, and Jerry. They're waiting in a Chinese restaurant for a table. And it takes place like in real time. And George keeps checking his voicemail on a payphone because that's what you did back then in the 90s. (laughs) So NBC almost like refused to make this because they didn't like the idea of it. But that's the whole point of, like, Seinfeld are these, like, everyday occurrences. Yeah, show about nothing. <laughs> exactly. And, again, the strength of these shows and strengths of these episodes is if you have a really great cast and good writing, you can put it anywhere or keep the show anywhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think that that's – honestly, I, maybe maybe that's kind of, like, a, a testament to to the show is can you do a bottle episode and have it actually be successful? Because if you yeah. can, maybe that's maybe that just shows how successful your show is, how great your your writers are, how great your yeah. actors are, um, and how well you can put that together. Well, and also I think it forces uh, character development to happen since Definitely. you're not uh, moving the plot through locations. You know, you're you're not forcing them somewhere to go somewhere. You're forcing them to communicate within themselves. And and done right, that storytelling can be very beautiful. Um, Agreed. And oh, and it builds relationships too. Yeah, because for sure. Some of the best parts of a TV show is how you, 
not just develop the characters, but to develop the characters' relationships with each other. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It really, I think, doesn't something happen between Elaine and Jerry in that Chinese restaurant episode? Or am I, like, imagining that? He does dare her just to go up to a table and, like, take an egg roll off their plate. That's right. Okay. (laughs) And it's hilarious because she is starving. Oh, another Seinfeld episode that was very similar was the parking garage, which you never leave the actual parking garage. It's the four of them, and Elaine has a fish, so there is a time crunch, guys. Yes, I remember this episode. And... They just cannot find their car. And that's something that we've all, like, done before. Oh, that's so relatable. Especially at, like, Disney World or Disneyland parking structures. Like, you could get lost for days. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, and as far as, like, the the relatability, like, I feel like that that is a characteristic of a lot of these. Um, You know, for for example, another one that's that's pretty well known is the the one where no one's ready uh, for, for friends. Where they're all just like trying to to get out the door. Ross is just, Ross has his you know uh, his awards banquet or whatever, and he is just trying to get everybody out the door. And literally everything that could go wrong is going wrong, and everybody's having their you know their little like tiff right at that moment. And <laughs> you're like, I feel like I I don't know if you guys relate to that, but I definitely do because it does. It there there are days where you're just sitting there and you're like, I have to get somewhere, but literally every single thing is going against you. Yes, I mean not lately, but yes. Yeah, well, yes, right, but right. it's in a different life. Go anywhere. Um. <laughs> but yeah, um, I remember that Joey puts on all of Chandler's clothes. Yes, because it's and he's the- like, look at me, I'm Chandler. Could I be wearing? Any more clothes? <laughs> Could I be wearing any more clothes? There we go. Wait, does <laughs> Chandler wear a lot of clothes? Or no, 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 no. But he he had um, t- I think he had like taken his underwear or something. I don't remember what it was, but like he he had like taken his underwear or something like that. And so he's like, I'm gonna do the opposite. And he's like, what what is the opposite of that? <laughs> yeah. So he just puts on all of his clothes, and it's hilarious. Okay, so one of the really great episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine is called The Box. And it's literally an interrogation room with Jake and Holt and this dentist played by Sterling K. Brown. Who is who is absolutely phenomenal in that episode, oh, too. Yeah, he got nominated for an Emmy for this. I don't know if he won. But yeah, he, he well, he's just an incredible, period. I have a kind of crush on him. Okay. <laughs> If you guys can't tell, <laughs> I'm like blushing right now. But <laughs> yeah, his comedic chops are just right up there with Andy and Andre. And it was like we were saying with the characters and the relationships, we get to see Holt and Jake like have an argument because Jake has to play the dumb cop. <laughs> and there's a lot of tension too, because again, there's a time crunch of trying to get this confession of this dentist who might have killed his partner. Suspenseful. Yeah. And of course, Brooklyn so, Nine-Nine. So, I mean, they excel at everything that they do. Again, testament. <laughs> the bottle episode is a testament. Yeah. It's again, big- if there wasn't such a strong rapport between those two actors and the writing wasn't so amazing and directing, etc., that episode could have failed, but now it's the highest rated episodes of the series on IMDb. Because when they're they're done right, they're they're done it's so yeah. well. I think my favorite part is just Jake Peralta getting his guitar and just screaming. Yeah, his in- interrogation technique. Yes. <laughs> he's like he's like, I got an idea. It's the best. It's the yeah. best part. <laughs> so another a meta example is community, which I don't think either of you guys watched. 
No, I, I've only seen. I didn't, but I, I've heard great things. I've only seen the yes. first two episodes. So the whole, they, they usually are in the study room. That's where the, the core group sits in. They study and a lot of character development happens there. But the plot centers around a pen. But Annie Edison, played by Alison Brie, it goes missing and she's getting really annoyed because all her pens go missing. And she's like one of those type A personalities. So she refuses to let anyone leave the study room until they come forward with a pen. And it gets intense. This is all over a pen. <laughs> and Abed is one of the other characters. And he is obsessed with TV movies and tropes. And he's like, it's a bottle episode. It's a bottle episode. Oh, so and he's he's kind of calling the show yeah. out for what they're doing. Yes. And Jeff played by Joel McHale has a date and he calls her up and he's like, sorry, we have to cancel. I'm doing a bottle episode. <laughs> and what's really sad is on the intercom, you find out that there's a puppy parade going on outside. No. Why <laughs> yeah, wouldn't they want to see that? <laughs> I know. So we're missing a puppy parade for them just to get all their toxic arguing out. <laughs> Puppies That's amazing. help so much, though, with toxic yeah, tro- energy. Yeah, no, Troy, who's played by Donald Glover, is like, Puppies, you know? Puppies. That's so great. I think that's probably, that would be horrible if we knew right now that there is a puppy parade outside all of our places and we were missing it. Well, there's a puppy parade going on in my apartment all the time because my dog is an eternal puppy. That's so true. One bottle episode that I thoroughly enjoy is... um. The episode called Free Churro. It's from the fifth season of BoJack Horseman. Uh, have either of you watched the show before? No, I heard it was like, it can get to you. And if you're like already maybe depressed a little bit, it's not good to watch. Yeah. That's what I, I've heard as well. <laughs> so I, I was I, like. I, 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 I can totally understand how some people, you know, might be affected by it. But it is a beautiful I mean, yeah, I've heard only good things. It's about the quality so good. Like, I don't even know how to express like how much I love this show. I mean, normally I cry at the end of every episode. Yeah, I <laughs> cry too much. I don't need that. Yeah, I mean, it just it gets to you, but it's so well written. It's one of the best animated, like adult animated TV shows I've ever seen. Just the writing is so brilliant. And this episode, spoiler alert, because it, it I guess, spoiler alert, you know. Bojack's mom passes away and this is her eulogy that he is given. And Will Arnett's the only one who speaks in this episode. Plays two different characters, his father's voice, and then uh, he plays Bojack. So it's just him speaking. There's an organist, you know, who sometimes uh, plays, you know, appropriate music at the right time. But other than that, no one else speaks. Um, or yeah, no one speaks but Will Arnett. It really is a roller coaster. Of emotions. And at the end, you kind of find out that when he, he goes to open her casket, because she like asked for an open casket and he like didn't want that. But like when he opens it, he uh, <laughs> finds out that this whole time he's been pouring out his heart to a room full of geckos. So he's at the oh. wrong funeral. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like just the whole thing. It's just the perfect almost button of, you know, him not being able to kind of face his mother even in her death to even let her hear what he has to say, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, well, wow, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're welcome. Hi. Well, that's a, no, uh, but that's the thing. That's the thing is that like, yeah, I think that that these episodes have like a great just because like they can they can explore a lot of a lot of things in a, in a very different way. Like one of the most yeah. watched episodes of season eleven of Supernatural was called Baby, which was um, which is Dean's Impala. They call them Baby, and it's all shot from within the Impala. Oh, um, so like, I mean, you see, you see stuff outside, so it's not like they're not elsewhere, but like, it's considered a bottle episode because th- they are like, they are shooting it from within the Impala the entire time. So like, um, if they get out, you stay in the Impala? It's all from the Impala. Wow. That's and, um, and okay. that was like one of the best, like one of the best received, um, of, of that season. And a lot of people thought it was, it was like one of the best of the, of the series, um, and then, like, there's also, there's also, you know, kind of you can delve into the the psychology, like you guys are saying, like character development, but mm-hmm. but also, you know, just like psychological, um, kind of either either thriller or intrigue or suspense, like uh, uh, Midnight from Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, that's on my list. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yep. No, that's yeah. on my list too. <laughs> you can yeah. get excited, yeah. Candace. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so excited because this episode caused like physical, like um reactions from me like I was getting really anxious while watching this episode it takes place in the fourth season it's the 10th doctor David Tennant ah uh, yes. David oh then I must have seen this episode I yeah no watch. it's so crazy like because yeah exactly it's so you know it ha- I feel like this kind of story is used a lot like I think I think that in general I mean they've they've used this in Supernatural but they've also used it in X-Files which it, in Ice which Ice was, uh, what I think actually was supposed to be a bottle episode, but they ended up going over budget somehow. Um, <laughs> so it completely like missed the point. But you know, it's one of, but, but Midnight is one of those, those ones where it's, where it's like, okay, now we have to figure out, you know, where the, the enemy is, who, you know, who is infested with this, like, you know, invisible uh, entity. Yes. Yeah, invisible like, entity. They're, they're trapped on a like shuttle tour. That breaks down and traps everyone because it's, there's a planet outside and it, it would kill oh. them. Oh! Sorry, so, I'm yeah, remembering yeah. that episode okay. now. I'm like, oh. So, the invisible entity mimics and predicts what everyone's going to say. So the timing has to be down perfectly for these actors. And there's a bunch of wide shots too. So they treated this like a play versus a TV show when they filmed it. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. Yeah, I used to watch all the... BBC is really great about doing like behind the scenes of Doctor Who, like after Doctor Who. And I was like, yes, more Doctor Who, please. (laughs) And that makes makes a lot of sense, actually, just the way that the way that everything flows that make that does make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not really CGI that much. And it's really like the 10th Doctors. He's without Donna. Donna is like at a like a alien spa. And he's like, I'm going on this tour <laughs> without you because <laughs> I want to do it. And it just like, it breaks him in a way because he's trying to keep everyone together, but everyone's so suspicious of everyone else. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's why these episodes, these kinds of episodes are so, ups- well, they're, they're great, but they're also upsetting just because it, it does kind of, you know, kind of dig deeper into what would you do in this situation? What is human nature like? And yeah, I mean, all their, you know, exactly. like everybody's just like, let's just kill everyone. You know, like, it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it, and that, it, it makes me so sad that that's the reaction, but that really is kind of what the reaction is. But that's also why I do enjoy these episodes because there's always someone or some people who are, who are sticking up 
for the like just the better you know just just everybody and being like okay there's got to be a better way to figure this out instead of just everybody going on a witch hunt and like throwing everybody out of the shuttle okay so on a lighter note <laughs> uh another one of my favorite of all times is fraser yes the dinner party yes oh, it was on my yes. list too <laughs> yes so it's only the main cast plus one voiceover, and it's only one set, and it's Fraser's apartment, and it occurs in real time. And Fraser and Niles want to have a dinner party so they can invite like a snooty little friend, uh, uh, the person they want to be friends with, a couple. <laughs> and they find out that it's weird that two brothers are acting like a couple, so they try to like dissect their relationship. Well. Roz and Daphne are getting ready for a formal party, but I think the cleaner got bleach on Daphne's dress, so there's an issue with that. But yeah, so most of it's just between Niles and Fraser, Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce. Oh, and they're phenomenal. And they're well, they're phenomenal. And again, this is another example of just like wonderful, wonderful acting and um really honestly wonderful comedic timing. I, I think that um, you know, Fraser in general is is um just a whole string of uh comedy of errors. Um mm-hmm. And and so the, and this this was like, you know, one of those just like the epitome of that. It's like, yeah, we can just run this as like it's always felt very theatrical to me. And this makes it even more so, but in the best way. Yeah. Like um, John Mulroney and David Hyde Pierce are both theater actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's brilliant. And the physical comedy of them, just just the way they walk, just the way they talk. Mm-hmm. It's leans all that kind of humor. There's also another episode in Frasier in the season one finale called My Coffee with Niles, which is like my dinner with Andre, kind of alludes to. And it takes place at Cafe Nerosa. And it also occurs in real time. And the other characters, Roz and Daphne and their father, they all come into Cafe Nerosa while they're trying to have this conversation. Because I believe talking about big questions in life. So it's little things like asking how... Frazier feels about his father living with him mm. if Niles is in love with Daphne. <laughs> Things like that. Which, obviously. Yeah, well, no. obviously, they ended up married with a baby. So, I mean, no. cats out of the back. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my favorite bottle episodes as well, besides my heartfelt uh, <laughs> one, is in the seventh season of Parks and Rec, the, the yes, episode Leslie and Ron. Too. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just the two of them getting placed in that room and having to hash out their issues with one another. It was just brilliantly done, not only funny, but it also, mm-hmm. you know, it, it got real <laughs> at times. Yeah, it and, did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and I think, like, it, it was, again, with the character growth between relationships, that one shows it, I think, perfectly. So the great thing about this episode is it deepens their friendship. And also there's a hilarious version of We Didn't Start the Fire. Yes. <laughs> oh, it just makes me so happy. I mean, and and those two together are, are just, I mean, it, it's it's just good comedy. They work off so well with one another. It's brilliant the way that the two of them work off one another. You know, they're they're forced. They can't leave their office. You know, the kind of gang has just forced and they're like, you're going to be in here until you're gonna be friends yeah basically like get back to <laughs> this no nonsense you know fight you two are having and i feel i feel like leslie breaks him down ron yeah yeah but and i do love their grumpy faces oh yes they oh, do they kiss. both 
<laughs> they do both great grumpy faces. It's great. And, and you're right. That, uh, now I just want to hear them do the We Didn't Start the Fire <laughs> song. Again, this all has to do with characters. If you have strong characters and strong actors, you can literally put them. And strong writers. In. Yeah. <laughs> Writing matters with bottle episodes. I feel like yes. because that's where, well, I mean, actors I like too, but. You can't have strong characters without strong writing, right? Yes. Yes. True. No, that's not, that's true. But I just want to give the writers credit. Oh, definitely. They definitely. don't get enough credit. So that's true. Gosh, that's very darn true. it. Writers, <laughs> writers who write well, keep doing you. I don't know if you guys ever watched it. I, I mean, I was obsessed with a lot of BBC shows growing up because of my parents. Um, You're going to talk Faulty, about Faulty Towers? Yeah, I'm going to talk about Faulty Towers. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, John Cleese. Fun, one of the funniest humans on the planet. Um, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, the particular, because a lot of it takes place in the hotel anyway. Um, in the show, Basil Faulty. Uh, it's his hotel that he runs, you know. And so a lot of the episodes do take place there. But the one I'm thinking of, uh, Vanessa, is the hotel inspectors. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> it's just so funny it's like basil faulty he, he's the type of guy who wants to impress anyone that comes to you know like any of the ones that seem like high society people he wants to impress them he wants to be like oh i'm so bougie as well um <laughs> and so he gets word that there's a hotel inspector and he mistakes a, a particular guest to be that hotel inspector and so he's very nice and gets him everything. And the real hotel inspector, he's just a complete dick to. <laughs> it, it's one of it, it's so funny. I mean, if anyone listening to this podcast has never seen Faulty Towers, do yourself a favor and go watch it. I think we covered a lot of episodes mm-hmm. and a lot of about what makes bottle episodes great. We would like to know what your favorite bottle episode is. Bree, can you let people know how to find us? Yeah, of course. Online? You can go to thegeekywaffle.com, and that is where we post all of our podcasts and uh, blogs that our amazing waffle writers write for us. And you can also find us on Twitter. Candice is, I mean, honestly, the queen of it. Geeky underscore waffle. Yeah, geeky underscore waffle. <laughs> go that's where voice your opinions with us. We are also on Facebook. We have a, a community group uh, called Geeky Waffles. So come on uh, over. We post memes. We post things that we're doing. Uh, like, you know, like geeky stuff. Yeah. Come be geeky with us. <laughs> so thank you all for listening. I'm Candice. I'm Bree. I'm Vanessa. Stay geeky.